Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji for the most hotly anticipated podcast of the year, the Team Coffitus 2022 season preview. We've been requested to do this. Some people have asked, will you be doing some Pro Conti teams? Alperson were good enough that they, of course, will be getting a full 2022 team preview because they're better than most of the World Tour teams. And they also brought on De Koenig as a sponsor, uh, which we'll talk about probably in that podcast. But today, Team Cofidis, before we get to previewing 2022, reviewing 2021, transfers, hot takes, all that sort of jazz, mention our show partner, LeCole, who produced performance cycling apparel. If you haven't joined LeCole Cycling Club yet, you can see the link in the description down below. For that, you can ride with legends like Cancellara or Bradley Wiggins or train with pros, turn your effort into rewards for accessing LeCole kit or discounts. The LeCole Cycling Club is a community united by stories, shared goals, and hard and fast ambition. So thanks, LeCole, for supporting the podcast. And as I said, the link is down below to the LeCole Cycling Club. Team Cofidis, Benji, uh, I looked through their victories. One World Tour win, two dot pro wins, and my maths are correct. That means nine, one, one, or two, one wins. Underperformance, overperformance, middling season, what you expected. What's your gut reaction to Cofidis 2021? I think it's disappointing if you look at it. They've got one stage win in World Tour, which is not enough. Sure, it's a Grand Tour stage win, the Lafay one. Is the one that we actually called on the podcast. So still proud of that one. But um, it's not enough when you have riders like Yo Martin, when you have riders like Elio Viviani. Now, we know that Elio Viviani is not the uh, all winner in the last two years. At Cofidis, he had, I think... Uh, Paid like it. Yeah, that's true. He had very little uh, performances at top level in World Tour. He had his issue at the start of the year, though, when it comes to his heart. But was that pre the Giro? I think it was, right? Uh, well, Viviani's heart surgery, I believe, was in uh, earlier this year in January, and then he oh, recovered okay. from that apparently. And then he, but then he was on sort of Olympics time, preparing for the Olympics for you know, gone one point seven to two million euro a year reportedly. It's yeah, not been a great season for him and Cofidis, even though it won a few races at the end of the year. But I looked up NG, I looked up their budget because yeah. I, I don't want to punch down too much, but at the end of the day, we cover World Tour racing primarily. We don't cover Pro Conti or sort of 2-1 racing. We focus on World Tour racing. Cofidis are a World Tour team. They decided to step up. They even increased their budget. Apparently, that says that means they're now in the top 10 teams in terms of budget, and they're, doing, they're bringing in a women's team next year, which we'll talk about briefly at the end, not, not World Tour level. So I think it's fair for us to be critical, Benji, particularly when they pay money like they did to Viviani and don't get the results. Uh, so what do you see? What do you see this missing? They've got a couple of top ten GC. What do you see missing? Just consistent, like a, a Paris stage win, or even a Romandie Thulia sort of break stage win, like a Madsbert Schmidt win in Tirreno was quite nice. Yeah, just a combination of being more competitive for World Tour wins. As simple as that. That can be from breakaways, like you mentioned. That can be from making more World Tour sprints happen for the team. That can be from all those kind of occasions. And I think one of the reasons why they fall into that bracket is because Guillaume Martin is their GC leader. We know the way that Guillaume Martin is built. He is a climbing rider. He's not one of the top five best climbers in the world. I'd say that he's roughly 18. That's a pure guess, by the way. So don't quote me on that, but that's a, a number I'd put on that. Not top 10. 
Yeah, exactly. Not top 10. And his weakness is certainly his time trial. And next to that, obviously, we all know the jacket happening in the Tour de France where he was descending with an open jacket. So that obviously didn't help when it comes to his time. Next to that, he crashed quite a few times. And then we look at what they do with him and they send him for GC. And I'm like, if you send him for GC to the Tour, yes, he can get that top 10. But I would expect that they would are paying him more than just a ninth spot at the Tour de France and a ninth spot at the Giro, for ex- uh, the, the Vuelta, for example. And then we look at next year and we see that the Giro has almost no time trial kilometers, relatively. And we look at the Tour and likely the Vuelta with many more because the Vuelta is rumored to have a team time trial, which means that Goffert is in team time trials. Perhaps with Walshite might help, but I would dare to say that Giro fits perfectly, but Goffert is will hunt for the tour with Guillaume most likely, I would guess, because he's French. I don't mind that too much. I mean, the tour top 10, okay, he backdoors are going in breaks, but he got the job done anyway. It is worth something to them and him. It is the Tour de France. I get that. My bigger issue is what you mentioned of Vuelta. Like, come on, man. Vuelta top 10, what is that worth? And speaking of Guillaume Martin, not the best rider this year. He had 80 race days, far too many race days. That's with crashing a lot of the time as well. He, I think he even mentioned this in an article or an interview where he's like, oh, I race too much, but oh, I just like racing. It's like, oh, maybe you should focus in a little bit more because Criterium de Dauphiné last year and to, uh, maybe the start of the tour first week, he was flying. So whatever he did last year with more rest going into those the tour and Dauphiné, do that again, and you can compete for top threes in World Tour stages, particularly something like the Dauphiné. Their best rider for me, Benji, this year was Christophe Laporte, who we'll talk about in transfers in a second. And I know we sort of, uh, I was critical of the UCI point system in the previous podcast, but just as an indication of where their points came from, uh, I think he was 25% of their UCI points. Uh, he was very consistent throughout the year, Christophe Laporte. Then Guillaume Martin was about 20%, and Viviani was, I think, 20% as well around there. So two big guys out the door who took all those points. Uh, so just wrapping up their results, two top 10s in Grand Tours, no top 10 in a, in a Giro, a top 10 sixth at Roubaix for Laporte and 11th at Tour of Flanders was their best monument results. And then that Saturday Giro stage went from the break. The rest are, frankly, races I I didn't even watch, Benji. Did you watch any of the other races? I watched quite a few races, but I can't tell you which one. <laughs> it's been a while, you know, lots of racing. You watched Tour de Limousin de Aquitaine stage one. I didn't watch Tour de Limousin, no. <laughs> but I might have seen the last five kilometers of sprint stage right. and so forth in the stages. Benji takes his job more seriously than I do. And like, if if the goal of the team is to get exposure for a French company at 2-1 and dot pro French races, that's fine. But that's a pro Conti team that can target that. Yeah. And I think they just want to go to the Tour de France. So that's why the World Tour. Anyway, moving on to their transfers uh, and whether they're poised for better success next year or regression. Out the door, Benji. Viviani, Gempty Drucker, your favorite rider, Christophe Laporte, Nathan Haas, Nicola Ede, Fabio Sabatini, Natnel Baran, Baran, and uh, Fernando Barcelo, Emmanuel Morant, and Attilo Viviani. So it wasn't just Elias' salary as well. Who are they miss? They're going to miss Laporte, I think. I think eight of these transfers, or nine even of these transfers, are transfers that must happen for Cofidis to improve. 
and that is I don't think they will miss too much of a Jean Pituquet leaving, a Sabatini retiring, for example, a Berhan leaving, Barcello. They're riders that could go in breakaways in the likes of Vuelta or in those smaller 2.1 races, stuff like that. But they're not the riders that are going to be bringing in new wins. Now, I don't think those riders also are the problem necessarily because you obviously need riders like that to support leaders. And that's kind of what they're missing in this team. And with Viviani and Laporte leaving, Viviani, kind of good that they're getting rid of him. Like, nothing against Viviani, but compared to what they were paying him rumoredly, well, I would not be paying him that for what he delivered. That's my opinion. And I think it's a lot of people's opinion and definitely the person that was paying him. I think Vasseur <laughs> actually said something like that at some point. He did. No, but then he won like a couple of 2-1 races and he's like, actually, I don't know. Maybe this guy's pretty good. Seriously, they then go follow up into you. <laughs> oh, genius. Like 2.1 two stage wins and 1.1 stage wins are not enough for Viviani. And that's why I'm fine with him leaving this team. And I think that's why Kofidis should also be fine with him leaving this team. But like you said, Laporte is the big one to Jumbo Visma. Now, we'll talk about how it fits in the Jumbo Visma team on the Jumbo Visma pod. But I do think that while Laporte was valuable for this team, certainly, I think that he's also still replaceable. But then I look at the transfers that they do, and I'm I'm like, not completely sure if they did. I don't know. He was... He got unlucky, but also is is it bad luck if it keeps like there was always someone a little bit better? Uh, for example, Parry Nice, Magnus Court beat him on stage eight in that sprint. Really would have liked to see Laporte win that, and Roglic beat him on stage six in the uphill finish. Uh, Duazo of Landren, there was the break with DVB, and he came second. So he just there always seemed to be someone better in the in the bigger races. He's not top tier. Yeah, he's like a very versatile rider, but. He always comes up against a rider that fits more on that specific exactly. race that they are riding. So in a hilly sprint, he's coming up against uh, a roguelich like you mentioned. But in a in a flat sprint, he comes up against a better sprinter. In a cobble race, someone cobbles away from him and he wins uh, the second group sprint. Something like Christoph had a few years ago where he always won the group sprint behind in races. Uh, that, that's what that feels like to me here with Laporte. And yeah, I think when that keeps happening then a team like Offidus must also think about the future and are like, perhaps we should look for a person that can replace that and actually deliver the victories. But once again, have they done that? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Let's get into that now because I don't think so. And I, th- I think we would be surprised to find out what they're paying these some of these riders. In the big name, the big rider that's coming in, who I worry about, he, he did a good TT at, Dauphiné, but that was at Astana. Now he's at Cofidis. Yonis Aguirre, the Basque rider from, coming from Astana, experienced. But he's, you know, he's 32. He is who he is at this point. He had was heavily overraced again this year. 82 day, race days. You see the same with Luis Leon Sanchez at Astana. I, I do think he, hopefully he gets that down to about 60, 65 next year. Uh, but he was good, like third Paris-Nice. Uh, Basque Country won a stage ahead of Peo Bilbao. Remember when that McNulty move? Yeah. Second in a Dauphiné, in Dauphiné ITT. Second in a Tour de France stage behind uh, behind Dylan Turns. He's probably their best rider now, Benji. I just... Is he going to be their Welter GC? My worry is they make him go for GC at the Welter. And 
I would. Or do you think he can get a top five, top seven at the Vuelta? I don't believe in that when he's at Cofidis, unless the competition at the Vuelta is significantly lower than in previous years. Um, I don't see that happening. Now, if it's similar to, what was it, the year where Galopin got a top 10? I don't know what year it was very recently. Yeah, like it's possible. If, if it's something like that, it's possible. But the only way I see that happening is if he goes in the Brady entire third week and accidentally picks up eight minutes there, nine minutes there, in the same way that Guillaume Martin got in the top 10 of both the Tour and the Vuelta this year. And I would just say, go in breaks, perhaps don't necessarily lose 20 minutes on purpose. Keep yourself in the top 25. And once you go in the breaks in a week three, then you're going to be able to... uh get time back because you're is a gear eh? you, you should be able to do that on a on a normal day do pretty well in breakaways these days so as a consequence to that you will probably gain time back and that's how you accidentally could end up with a, a decent gc position without looking for it necessarily and also having the goal of going for stages because that's what i believe they need to do because that's where they lack right now the Walter wins he's a professional one week you know, good, knows how to ride a one-week world tour GC. If it rains. If, particularly <laughs> if it rains, he's someone they can send to Basque Country because they have to send teams to every world tour race. They need some more depth in that aspect. He's even he's won Basque Country in 2019. Yep. My question is, what are they paying him? Because if they've picked up half of what Viviani, I, I don't think he's cheap. I reckon he could be on a mill. Plus, is a gitter. Come um, on. Is and, Yeah. I think he, I don't think he's cheap because he's got good Palmares. He, if you see him, he's like, I came third at Paris-Nice. I, I won a Basque Country stage this year. I'm still good. I'm 32. I think he's reasonable amount. And the next man on that list who I also don't think is cheap is Brian Cockart, who hasn't won since Ruth Oxitani last year. And before that, then it was in 2019. And I don't know, is, is 2.hc what dot .pro was, Benji? Or is- yeah, correct. It is? Okay. So he's he never won a World Tour race. He's exclusively a hunter of uh, sort of dot pro sprints and he doesn't really move the needle for me. Like, would you rather, Benji, they find a young sprint? Like, would you be happier being bike exchange with Caden Groves or Cofidis with Cockard? I'd rather be Cofidis with Cockard. Really? Yes, because I feel like Caden Groves isn't necessarily the best example you could have brought up. Like a DSM Dainese, I'd rather have a Dainese, for example. So it really depends on the sprinter, I would say. And obviously there's not sprinters everywhere in the world laying around. But I would be just as confident right now in a younger sprinter that is not Caden Groves than, for example, your boy Brian Kukahe. Now, Brian Kukahe has next to the fact that he can deliver smaller race wins normally because he obviously hasn't won in Rutoxilani, like you said. But I think it's a sponsor value of Kokar that does it as well for Kofidis, because I think it's quite a popular rider. Remember that one-to-one sprint with Kittel a few years ago in the Tour de France, one-millimeter sprint or something? like Stuff like that stays in the memory of people, and I think that value is also part of what Kokar offers to this team, which we don't necessarily judge them on too much. I mean, Kokar's not terrible. Like Tour de France yeah. last year, he had a third and a fourth in a stage. This year, he had third at Marseille's, uh, fourth and fifth in the opening Paris-Nice sprints. He, I don't know, they've no Sabatini. Have they still got, I think, Consoni on the books? I don't know. Like, I think he, I think he, he's, he third at Shell de Price last year. 
I just don't know what they're paying him. It doesn't move the needle too much, but I guess they're just going for more of those those wins that they need that Viviani didn't deliver. They, I think they're probably happy with consistent results at those local, you know, regional French races that are important to them. Next is Chimelai, who's a similar mould, Benji, second in two Giro stages this year, although I don't I don't rate him that much. Um, I, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, Chimelai again, he is who he is at this point. I wonder what they're paying him. I, again, I think they're just sending him so they can send someone to Catalonia to contest a sprint. And I don't mind it too much, but they're probably, again, I'd rather have some young talent coming through if, if they're wanting to really contest for World Tour wins. Uh, Villela, who I'm always tempted to call him Vieja, he's Italian, coming from Movistar 30. He actually did a good pull for Valverde. He's been good in the Italian classics. I think he's quite a good signing, Benji. I'm not sure how much you followed him or the Giro de Sicilia. But, yeah, he did a good lead-up for Valverde. What do you think about him and Chimelai, the two Italians? you see wins there or are they for domestique roles? I think Villela is more of a domestique role and could also be in breakaways. I think he won the KOM of the Velta once. Um, but I think mainly Villela is domestique role. And then you might look into combining people like Izaguiri's in the break with Villela in there as well. They often good. do this with Cofidis, trying to combine people in breakaways to make sure that happens. And I think that Villela is a good signing, mainly because I also don't think that he's too expensive. I'm kind of surprised that he doesn't go to Astana. Did he not ride for Astana in the past? Probably that's the reason he that did. he doesn't go to Astana. Yeah, 18, 19. Yeah, I remember those days, uh, the Nibali days, right? I think. Yeah. Well, uh, or, was that, was that Diego, Diego Rosa? I always get him and Diego Rosso confused because, yeah, but he got fifth in Lombardia in 2016 and good climber, fifth in Giro della Toscana this year, fourth at Trofeo Matteotti. I think he's a fine domestique in those sort of hilly one days or or for Guillaume Martin. I think even at something like Mercantour Alp Maritime race that Martin rode, he'd fit right in there. Moving on, Max Valstrad, I'm I'm happy to see he got a contract uh, coming from Quebec and Next Hash as well as Sandra May, I mean. Should he be in World Tour? I don't know, but Max Walsh, I'm keen. He, he seemed to improve this year. Good ITT at Europeans. 12th at Roubaix. I think he's a World Tour level rider. And he's still finding out what he's Agreed. what he should focus on. What do you think he should do? I think at this team is likely going to end up in couple races as uh, one of the leaders, I would guess. Would you use him as a lead out for like Cockard or, or Chimelai? Hmm. I'm not sure about that. I would... Expect him more to focus on the Cobble season and perhaps in secondary roles he could play that. But I think they've got other people right now that might play that role, like that Consani, like you mentioned. Or um, I don't know what their combination is going to be when it comes to sprint and leadouts and so forth. Benjamin Thomas with Kokar. Thomas is a very good leadout. So I would love him to uh, do that for Kokar or for whoever is their main sprinter next year. But um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a combination I'd look for, and not necessarily for Walshide. Walshide can certainly still do that. But I also... Uh, didn't Walshide win a Malaysia stage this year? <laughs> I don't know about... Did they run? No, not this year. They Last year, Tour of Malaysia. He has to have won that. <laughs> Let me check. Yes, yes. Two even. Ha, ha, ha. Won All the right. green jersey. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm spinning out of control. But um, I think that he's definitely a worthy signing. I'm just a bit scared when it comes to... TT equipment, Cofidis is not really yeah, the team yeah, that no, is known for glorious TT equipment. I don't know too much about it. I'm not an expert in it, but that's the rumors we hear from in the Peloton. So that's what I'm basing my uh, opinion on here. And then I'm going to send it to another rider that 
you might not remember too much, uh, the lettre that is joining Cofidis. Do you know who that is? No, of course. Oh, come on. You made a video on a, a Norway stage where Wanti gave it away by not getting the third spot with Iking for GC. And oh, gave so this, guy took, bon- this, this guy, guy took the bonus seconds away second. from odd Christian Iking. <laughs> Even though he got, he got dropped out of the break by retiring cyclocross of <laughs> geriatric Philip Volsleben. All right. So, nah, good win for Volsleben ahead of Nicky Terpstra, peak Terpstra. Um, yeah, geez, I don't know who this guy is, Benji. Is he good? I don't know. That means he probably isn't. He's 24. Coffert is signed a lot of the young talent who've been in. I mean, no, he's on Delco. Delco this year he hasn't been. He's fine. Whatever. Don't think they're paying him a million bucks. Uh, the other ones, Francois Bidard, Pacfield, Alexis Renard. Um, I think he's actually pretty good. He's 22. He's actually got some good results this year. Third GC Tour de Wallonie, second on a stage at Tour de Pologne. He third he got a couple of like top fours in Tour de Wallonie, second at the Munster Giro. I think he may lost in the break to Cav. I don't know. This guy's he's, he's really young. Yep. I think I'm surprised Israel are like you're way too young to keep getting results here. You you're dragging down our average age. <laughs> so they let him go. I, yeah, I think he, I think he's a, a fine signing, actually, and I'd like Agreed. to see how he progresses. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm also on the same page. I remember him having a, a French and C-shirt on in one of his pictures, but I think that was Cyclocross in the past. So I know that this guy did have a Cyclocross past, but I don't know too much about his Cyclocross past. Now on to uh, Benjamin Thomas. spoke about him quite a bit already, but I think he's a really good signing. As in, I feel like Benjamin Thomas is underrated when it comes to Leadouts. We don't see him doing leadouts that often, but I do believe he can do them very well. And he's also a very decent TTer. Isn't the ITT champion this year of France? Yes, he is. He uh, actually beat it. not Cavagna this year. If he, he's he's just in that the worst spot to be for a time trialist, where he has the illusion yeah. the illusion that he might win World Tour TTs. Now he's moving to Cofidis. Yeah, on that equipment, don't see it. I hope he, I don't know, maybe he's a track guy, right? Um, yeah. Maybe he lost Good that sprint guy. to Bissiger in Swiss. Yeah. So I think in, out of the break, I think he's good. But yeah, yeah, I think for the reasons you said, Benji, but I'm worried about his TT at Covetis. I would like him, like Volshai, to focus on breaks, lead outs, that sort of stuff. I'm not sure. He's probably not a classics boy. Anyway, the last one, Wesley Crater. Uh, don't really know who that is. Either he was on Intermarche, two-year deal at Coffert, his 31-year-old Dutch rider. Presume he's a domestique or a lead-out. Um, so that's as to transfers, I think there's no there's no replacing Laporte that I easily see there, but I think the cumulative points of Cocard and Chimalai will replace Viviani. And I think Yoni Zagira could get some higher results than Laporte like I think he can win a world tour stage that's yeah. not a very hot take uh any last thoughts on their transfers they, I, I think what they're missing Benji in my opinion is is some youth with the notable exception of Alexis Renard like where's the neo pros here yeah I agree and then we look at the rest of their teams for example and I'm like yeah you've got that Portuguese guy Andre Carvalho he hasn't been amazing all season so I don't know his Twitter Wallonie was pretty decent top 23 there but it's not amazing eater you know so you're right i'm missing youngsters that are very promising in this team and 
that is not something I saw. And Rémi Rocha is one of the riders I do like on their team, for example, but there are quite a lot of riders that are uh, near the older age, and at this point I'm kind of scared there. Pete Oligard, what do we expect of this guy? Uh, he's already in their team, but I remember he had like three top tens at the Vuelta. Let me check. Yes, three top tens at the Vuelta. I think that was mainly in a flat sprints, but are we expecting more from that? I would hope to see it because I'm Belgian, but I'm not sure he's uh, very prominent. But I also remember that this guy did well on that uh, that sandy or gravelly road. What is it? Um So wasn't that the stage that Taco won? I, I don't know. Oh, that's my Siller won that. Okay. I think he's fine. He's fine for classics. But okay. yeah, you're some like guy Eddie Eddie Finney, that he's twenty-four now. He's been on the team for four uh, three and a half years. He, he's this is the make or break season for him. Uh, he's not. He's, fin- <laughs> he's fine. He, he's Finney. He's he's Finney. He's not gonna get a, an extension if he doesn't up his game in twenty twenty two. Axel Zingle, twenty two year old, came from Delco. He's actually pretty good. I think he hopefully he keeps improving, consistent top tens. But yeah, the rest you look through: Thomas Champion, Tom Bowley, Francois Bidar, Sander Armé, Hugo Tomir, Kenneth Van Bilsen. Tomir is interesting. Yellow Valais, Hifted Avenir, Tomir. Is he okay? Uh, some, some That's knowledge. promising. Okay, I take it back. They got him. He's twenty. He's young. That's good to see him. Uh, he's going with the tour for France, of course. <laughs> yeah, They're maybe. declaring him the future tour winner already. Anthony Perez targets the, the polka dots at the tour and unsuccessfully the last few years. Pierre-Luc Perrichon, Simon Sanyok, and Axel Zingle already mentioned. Hazel Serrata, yeah. Simon Geschke are kind of aging out. Ruben Fernandez. Well, yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. It's a, Well, it's, it's mostly bad. Uh, but but they've got riders that can win week one zero breakaways, okay? For sure. So the at least one... One stage win secured already in a Grand Tour. It has to happen with this team. All right, let's pick those teams then. So we're going on to picking their teams for, uh, say, Cobble Classics, their team, Benji. My view is Volscheid, Van Bilsen, Allegar, Sander Arme. Who am I missing? It's a very good question. Renard is someone I'd send with a cyclocross history, but... Then I look at the other teams and I'm like, other riders in the team, and I'm like, there's not that much you can add to this team either. So perhaps we're missing a few, but I think those are the names I would be calling out for myself as well. Wesley Crater, maybe because they got him. Do you send Kokar to Cobble Races knowing that he was decent at, was it Brabant Sapel in the past? I'm Luke, remember he had the puncture. He made G1. He had the puncture, and the French commentators on live TV went, Putain! and it was pretty funny. At the time, I was like, party tour. I'd send them to the Cobble Races. You're gone. right. You're right. Yeah, Gen Vevelhem, why not? I think there's not many better options. I think you're right. What is sort of London with its new parkour? True. Oxyclean? So many, Benji. There's so oh. many races Kokka can win. <laughs> this is why they signed him. <laughs> Benji's his agent, obviously. Um, okay, Cobble's, Cobble's sorted. Hopefully, they get some top fives. Moving on to hilly one days, it's Guillaume Martin, Anthony Perez. Geshke. Geshke, poor old, poor old Geshke. <laughs> um, and David Villela, Rochas, and maybe one of those young guys that we mentioned uh, as well. He sent Lafayette to a one-day race to test that out. He was, was sent to La Flèche and kind of bottled it in the NF. So it's weird, right? Like he... 
he was good in Arctic race against you know sort of punchy finishes, and yeah. then he, he won that Giro punchy finish. Was good at Volta la Comunitat Valenciana, second on a stage. I think a short uphill finish too. But then at the Italian classics like Trivelli Varesine, he DNF four in a row. So I don't know what happened. And who were they riding for in those races? Remy Rocha. Were they? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you'd expect Fernandez, to be good at them. Hill race, I would send them. So, like, they've got quite a few riders that could fit in that. They all, they also sent Tumir to some of those Italian classics, Torino, for example. But uh, I'm curious what he will turn into, and I'm curious what they will send them to. Perhaps it's too early to send them to all the hill classics, the big ones. But uh, I want to see him uh, do a one-week GC, see how good his time trial is, if he has that, because that's usually a problem here, and um, see what he can turn into. But when it comes to those Hill Classics, like you mentioned, I think the main team that we mentioned is the ones we named. Izagiri, Heradas, I would also dare to send at certain points um, to those races. Next to that, Perez, did you already name that? Yeah, I want Guillaume Martin. Well, at Liège, I think Guillaume Martin, clear leader. Lombardia, I want Guillaume Martin, and I want the Izaguirres to do the Welter and 65 race days. I want Guillaume Martin not to do the Welter and to do 65 race okay. days. I want them to spread it a bit more so these guys can actually try and get some top threes, top fours in these big races. Um, this might be all right. Wait a sec. Kokar got fourth in Amstel in 2016. Did you know that? He climbs all right. GP Marcelais, Benji, that was a really good result at the start of the year. He came yeah. third behind APP. It was a hard hill there. He can, he climbs okay. He just, I don't know, maybe races too much. 74 race days for a guy trying to win every race he goes to. It's, it's, it's a lot uh, on BNB. He's their best rider. So yeah, he's actually, I think. Right circumstance, right place. There's worse riders who've won World Tour races than uh, Brian Cockard. Giro this is the one. Chimalai sprints with Consoni lead out. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm open to other ideas for what they do at this year. Villa to Italy, of course. Let's be honest. Yes, Italy true. has to go to the Giro. Has that's to, has that's to. the law. And next to that, you need to have riders that could win one uh, stage in the first week of the Giro when there is a weaker break up there. Do you have a lot of those? Because I can't remember the first week of the Giro at all anymore, but I don't think the first three were offering that. I think there's a few options. I think there could be some passivity in the GC group. I think someone like, I don't know, it depends how hilly they are. I would like to see, uh, well, they're going to have to have their lead out. To be honest, why not send the Harada brothers and then get them to do Giro Vuelta? Surely they're good enough to win a Giro break, the Harada brothers. Send them maybe Rochas, and I'd like to see Perez do probably goes to Liège, but Perez du Giro tour, like a lower level at the Giro. These guys definitely, Jose Harada and Jesus Harada, yeah, in a break. That's what I'd like to see. But what about Izaguirre? Do you send Izaguirre to the Giro, Benji? I would. Giro hmm, Vuelta. I think that's a better idea than sending him to the tour where he will be partially chained up for Guillaume Martin when he shows up. At the uh, 11th spot in GCN, wants to jump into top 10. They should split them. I, I agree. They should split them to make sure that they don't uh, go in each other's waters and don't cause uh, trouble towards each other's goals. And that's why Giro Velta would fit there. But then again, I was calling for my chance to go to the Giro already. So, but I don't think it will happen. Do you see any possibility that they sent Martin as leader to the Giro? I don't see it because he has to do, he, he's their leader in the age. He came 15th. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I think he'll do the other end, and with Cockard, with a uh, Cockard might do Amstel with him. So I, I see it. Beacons try and be more consistently competitive throughout the year. We're going to send a Spanish Italian team to the Giro now. Tour de France will be the French guys. Guillaume Martin, Perez, maybe this Alexis Renard kid's pretty good. Alexis Axel Zingle is pretty good. Francois Pita will be a domestique. Cocard. Oh yeah, Cocard has to go. Of course, yep. Tomal for sprint. Yeah. Okay. Pretty simple. It's going to be mixed GC sprint and Volshine. I think. I'd like to see Arkan Volshai tour that sort of transition stage 19, Benji. Why can't he win it if a few things don't go as well? Top three at least. Uh, Vuelta, we think the Spanish guys again, and I'd like to see Guillaume Martin do the Hill Classics with a bit more rest. So I think it's actually pretty easy to set up this this season. Like, yeah, makes logical sense to me. That The question is just whether they have the talent to to really pull those off. If you send enough quality riders to appropriate races with appropriate targets, with appropriate rest, you are more likely to get wins. So hopefully they take the opportunity to do that. Moving on now to their uh, hot takes or predictions and hot takes, Benji. So there's one World Tour win this year. We're only doing World Tour wins because like FDJ, I think won like 60 won-won races, but like two World Tour races, we only evaluating World Tour wins. Three World Tour wins, Benji. Three, uh, three and a half. Three and a half World Tour wins over under for Cofidis. Is that too high? Hmm. Let me take a look here. I think Izagiri can win one or perhaps two at best. I think that they will probably get one win someone else somewhere throughout the season. I just don't know who will offer that one. I think it will likely be a breakaway win, that one. And um, I'm going to be going under on three. I'm taking the under, but a few things go their way. They can, you know, Cocker wins one, Basque Country stage, here's a gear, a, a Giro break. Suddenly they're at, they're at four, but I'm taking the under on three and a half. Uh, pr- do you think Guillaume Martin top tens the tour again, Benji? I don't think so with the amount of time trial kilometers we have. I don't see it. I think the problem is like, if you look at last year, Let's talk about Guillaume Martin for a second. You spoke <laughs> about him quite a bit already, but in general, if you look at last year, when he started that Tour de France after that good Dauphiné that he was talking about very recently in an interview, well, that good Dauphiné, how did that happen? We had Pogacar completely collapsing on one of the mountain stages. We had Roglic crashing out. Was that one right? Yeah, he... I don't, I don't know. He was just always getting just dropped out of the break, but just... Keep, keep you know kept fighting i just it, there wasn't much tv on him tv coverage because of that i i just don't see him being competitive for a gc as in like the top places at any point and what was the quote he said recently i'm gonna make you say it because <laughs> why not he said i if you really look at the results and the, on on the climbs i'm not actually that far behind pagacha and it's like okay yeah you're not that far in terms of like you're doing better than cavendish and in the dauphine last year whatever you did you were much better there and you you came third in like uphill finishes that was good uh but this year you are not close to pagacha and in terms of like you're getting dropped out of breaks by like Dylan, like hard drop by Dylan turns, like not good uphill this year, Martin. And 
just because you're bad at TT doesn't mean you're good at climbing. So I would say, I don't know, it wasn't, it, there was a bit of a bait headline, but then I went through and read the article and I was like, nah, he, he is actually saying um, I'm actually not that far behind Pogacar. Now, listen, if you pay a lot of money, you're the GC prospect for a French team, French rider, I guess that's what the sponsors want to hear. You shouldn't be like, listen, guys, I am so fucking far behind <laughs> the top guys. <laughs> I have no idea why you're paying me this much. It's probably not the smartest thing to say. So, listen, I mean, it is what it is. Do I expect? But if you look at the – like it's different to Haig. The way Haig came third is different where he yeah. had to defend on Gamonatero, defend on Covadonga, etc. He also doesn't have that team, Martin. True. That Haig has. But next to that, my issue is that the only example that he brings up to say that he's relatively close to Pogacar or not that far from Pogacar is that Dauphiné where once again Roglic crashed out and Pogacar had one of his only bad days in the last two years. So I'm like, it's not you that is necessarily better in that race. It's the competition that was worse. Yeah, he's just like, well, I, if I turn up to every World Tour GC race and don't crash out, then I'm going to come top 10 in them. Like, Paranese came sixth. Uh, but is that worth it? I don't know. Not, not to me personally. So, yeah, it'd be keen to see him focus his efforts a little bit more, Guillaume Martana, maybe in some one-week World Tour races that have like a, a long TT. Just just go for a stage uh, and see what happens. That would be my advice. Is the reason that we are not judging him the way we did with Ciccone in the past, as in we said in the past Ciccone should go for stage wins instead of GC, uh, I think two years ago or a year and a half ago, we said that. We didn't do this pod for two years, so it can't be two years ago. <laughs> but a year and a half ago or something, we said something like that. And like, is the reason that he got that top 10 now the reason that we still say he should go for a top 10 in the tour or are we just being nice to him? Like, no, I, I, that's just the, the reality that he will just go for the top 10 in the tour. It's like not even worth talking about because French rider, French team, it's yeah. the reason the world tour he's a gc guy he's gonna go for top 10 like it is what it is should he go for stages i don't know is he good enough to win stages like he was in the break half the time and got dropped so i don't know chicane to me is um, just such so much better um as a rider and you look at where he was in the giro you know second on some stages first week it's more i just think chicane is better so and he's he's 26 He's developing a bit later. Yeah, I just don't see them as the same. But anyway, time for hot takes, Benji. What do you think? Cockard, Cockard in yellow. Cockard winning winning his first world tour race at Cofidis. Um, or do you see some of these young guns like Axel Zingle coming out of nowhere like Lafay, who's not actually that young, and and winning a big race? Walshide will not top 10 a single world tour time trial. That's a reflection on the equipment, not Volchide. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my takes. I'm not sure it's super hot, but is it? <laughs> I think it is like, you know, he's <laughs> he should be able to like a Paranese TT if it's like, yeah. Well, but- not anymore, apparently. So, uh, and next to that, I think that, I don't know, man, I'll throw it to you first. It's your turn now. <laughs> I think Alexis Renard wins a world tour race. 
<laughs> which one? No, I... the the water race in general is good, but if you had to guess, which one would it be? <laughs> no, I don't know his program. <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's Tour de Pologne, he came second Tour de Pologne stage. If it's that, and he wins one of them, it counts. Uh, so I think okay, okay. Yeah, I think he, I think he wins a World Tour race. I think they don't. I think they don't top ten a monument. Uh, that's not even hot. That's not even a hot take. I'm defeating the purpose of this. That's just like expected. <laughs> I've got a very specific one. There's going to be a race where Wanti is fighting for the GC in a race, and Alexander de Lettre will take the final bonus second that Wanti <laughs> doesn't get and take away their GC once again two years in a row. It's, yeah, Vuelta said him, take away from Rain Tarmey or Christian Eiking, and then Guillaume <laughs> Martin comes 10th. Job done. What a season. I think... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know with this team because I don't want to be too negative. Like, if it is it a hot take to just shit on them? I think Guillaume Martin again is accumulates points and doesn't win anything uh, meaningful. So that's not really a hot take either. I don't know. Anyway, that's the Cofidis men's team done. Just a brief note on their women's team, which is coming into existence. It won't be a World Tour team straight away because I don't think that's permitted. Now, apparently they have about 1 million to 1.2 million euro budget, which gives you some insight into, I guess, what the what the budgets are to start up a women's pro Conti team. I think that's pretty healthy, though, for a uh, like a UCI women's, women's team. So they've got a few riders on the books now. The most well-known ones probably would be well, Rachel Nalen, who's uh, the veteran Australian. She's, I think, turning 40 soon, but she rode for Parkertel Valkenberg. They also have Clara Koppenberg, 27-year-old German, who, yeah, was I think was on rally cycling, raced a fair bit this year. Uh, but, yeah, they I'm not too familiar with the with the other riders. I must admit they haven't like splashed out with like a Mariana Voss style signing. So it seems to be a bit of a project, Benji. But good to see, I guess, that they are expanding. And I guess they're hunting. My guess, Benji, they're they're hunting that TDFF Avex Swift invite next year. Yeah, I don't know how the invites are going to work. I haven't looked into that personally, but I would dare to say that Cofidis has a large chance of getting that just by being Cofidis. And to be honest, like that Clara Koppenberg, she got fourth on uh, the GC of Burgos with Laguna Zanaila. So she got fifth on that climb behind the likes of Van der Breggen, Van Vleuten, Volring, and Royakers. And if you can do that, you can climb pretty well. So how about she goes to that Tour de France Femme and hunts the KOM jersey, for example, stuff like that. Even having it for a day is an advertisement, stuff like that. And I think that's very valuable to this team. Rachel Nealon, like you mentioned, is definitely one of the bigger names. And what I'm looking at there is Giro de la Emilia, top three. That's also a very good performance. Yes, the Giro de la Emilia for women is only one time the uh, Bologna-San Luca climb, but it's still a, a pretty nifty result. I had one, a very punchy climb, that one. And uh, I would definitely have more trouble climbing up that. So I can't complain. So uh, Rachel did very well there, but... Outside of that, I think uh, Kerbaol was in the uh, break at some point, and that's the only thing I know about her. So I guess we'll figure it out next year. I haven't seen too many of these these riders at uh, at World Tour level, but I guess, um, for example, they've been at Victor, Victor Berto. Yeah, she was at Dol, Dolcini. So it's good that there's 
new teams and i presume that you can't go world women's world tour straight away and i presume this is a project to go women's world tour with this team it's good there's more teams being giving more opportunities jobs to young riders because they do have a lot of young yeah. riders you know 25 22 23 23 21 19 good to see that uh so yeah well done to coffee good to see and uh i guess hopefully they Maybe take Benji's advice, read Koppenberg. That's actually a good shout from him. But that's all from us on the Cofidis podcast. Uh, a bit light on the old hot takes. I think mine was Guillermo. No, no top 10 in any monument and no top 10 in any Grand Tour. Uh, we were under three and a half World Tour wins, both of us. Uh, but yeah, thanks for supporting the podcast. And we'll see you with, I believe, Bike Exchange next Monday. Ciao.